your Bibles and turn to Luke 17. Long story short, you ought to be very, very blessed and thankful that you've got a band, band that plays for you every Sunday. What I heard was a guitar and an organ and a piano and songs that, my goodness, you couldn't even raise the dead with. It was bad. It's just bad. And I know it's not all about the music, but it is a lot. Music has a lot to do with. It's funny. You'll get in your car, and the first thing you do is, what do you do? Well, I hope you don't push in the cigarette lighter, but. But the first thing you do, I hope, is turn on the radio. Because you like to listen to music, right? Now, some of you say, I don't like music. You're just weird. <laughs> you say, well, I'm just getting, I'm going to get mad at you. Well, get mad at me. I'm going to Florida tonight, today. Y'all can stew for three days and then come to my office Thursday. Well, that's Thanksgiving, though, ain't it? Don't bother me on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm just teasing. If you need me, I'll be there. Luke 17, interesting passage, verse 11. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten leopards stood at a distance. I think the King James Version says they stood afar off, right? Crying out. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, the scripture says, the leprosy disappeared. What, what, what happened here? They were healed by God. You say, I don't believe in healing. Well, then you're believing wrong. God's still in the healing business. One of them... How many were there total that went? Ten. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God, I'm healed. He fell face down on the ground. By the way, I hear a lot of people say when they're going to go to heaven, what they're going to do when they get there. Let me tell you what you're going to do when you get uh, before Jesus. Can I tell you? You're going to fall flat on your face. The holiness is going to drive you to heaven's ground. I, I, I believe that with all my heart. He fell face down on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. He was a foreigner. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten? Where are the other nine? Does only this foreigner return to give God the glory? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has made you whole. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this. No matter what happens, always be thankful. Can, can you honestly say that today? No matter what you've been through this past week, no matter what your trials have been in the past, can you say You've always been thankful. For this is God's will for those who belong to Jesus. What, what is it that it's God's will? That we are thankful in the good 
and the, the bad. Now, I don't pray for bad, do you? I got better sense. But I do pray that in the bad, I will see the good. Because some of us have to hit the bad times before we can see good times. We're that far in the dark. Well, what are you thankful for here today? I I made me a little list. I quickly said, well, I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful that if I die during the holidays or drowned in Florida, that I'm going straight to heaven. I'm going to be with Jesus. All those that I love. I'm, I'm thankful for my wife. This February 27th, we'll be married 42 years, and she's sick. Or what? She said, I don't think she's here today. When I got up this morning, I couldn't even hear her talk. Some of you, well, I better not say that. But. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my two daughters. My two daughters have been with Jesus from the very beginning, and I'm thankful because I know one day, I'm going to get to see them. I know they're alive, and I know they're with him. I'm thankful for my daughter-in-laws, and I'm thankful for for my sons, and I'm thankful for my grandchildren and and, and my family at large. Are you thankful for your whole family, even the ones you don't like? I'm thankful for my church family and my friends and my health. And come February again, I'm thankful for this place called Solid Rock Baptist Church because I'll have spent 30 years with this. Now, a lot of faces have changed, but that's just normal. Some died. Some are already dead. And some just don't like me anymore. And some just felt led to do something different. And that's, hey, look, after 30 years, this old boy, I ain't used to it, but I, it, it just happens. But I'm thankful that you've chosen to be here today. But the command in Scripture is always to be thankful. It means in every situation, every occasion, every circumstance, we are to be and show thankfulness. In our text... The Bible says in verse 14, while they went to show themselves to the priest, 10 leopards got healed. One in turn came back who was not a Jew, but a Samaritan. The other nine were suspected to be Jews. They ran to the the priest. And the Samaritan turned around and thanked Jesus. The scripture says that they were at a great distance. They stood afar off when Jesus came. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, the law required that a leper remain 50 feet or more of a distance of yards away and carry something over their mouth, a cloth over their mouth, and and to, to declare they're unclean. Leprosy in the Bible is like leprosy today. It's a hideous disease. And by the way, there is no cure for leprosy still today. Just like AIDS, there's no cure for AIDS. There's no cure for leprosy. Somebody said that an armadillo carries leprosy. Did you, How many have ever heard that? Raise your hand. Shoot everyone you see. They're just a turtle on the half shell anyway. Shoot everyone up. 
one night, Joe or Josh come running over to my house. Lord of mercy, Daddy, you got any bullets? I said, Oh, Lord, you're not going to shoot your family, are you? He said, No, I got armadillos running everywhere. I said, I'll give you all you want. Shoot them. You see, leprosy is a type of sin or, or a, 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 a disease that represents the type of sin or several ways sin is produced. Leprosy corrupts, defiles. Leprosy begins with a small white spot, and it spreads throughout the whole body. And when it does, it corrupts the body, it defiles the body. It begins such a small matter, but then it progresses into a massive matter. If you want to know what one little sin will do, it's just like leprosy. Unattended, left unattended, you don't deal with it, it will corrupt you. It will defile you. Have you ever heard or seen someone, maybe a young teenager or somebody somebody you knew, and they got caught up in the sin and said, you know what, I used to know that person, and they were such a good person, but now, but now, they're acting plumb crazy. They're, they're, they're off their rocker. I couldn't even tell you, did I even know that person? How many have ever had a situation like that with somebody? Well, I have. Church members acting crazy like that. Why? Because one sin got in the camp, and they didn't do well with it, and it eat their lunch. Leprosy is a type of sin or, or a disease that represents sin as the end of death. Someone says when you get leprosy, you know what happens, right? Your nose falls off. Your ears fall off. It eats your mouth away. You just, your whole body just eat up right there in front of you. That's what leprosy does. Well, don't think sin won't eat you up too, because it will. These guys were helpless and hopeless. Their condition was was critical until Jesus came by. Now, some of you have been in some critical situations in your life. You made a mess of your life. But then when Jesus came into your heart, changed your life. I, I guarantee you, if you're saved and you've met the same Jesus I have, there's a lot of things that you used to do you don't do anymore. Why? Because Jesus changes you. And if there hadn't been any change, you don't know the same Jesus I know. Because when he comes in on the inside, he made a lot of changes in old Mike Franklin. Now, he's got a lot yet to go. A lot yet, there's a lot yet to go. But there had been a lot of changes in me. Good or bad, Paul tells us that you and I, in every circumstance, should be thankful. You know, the first point today is gratitude. And, and you know, sometimes in the, in the, in the pursuit of gratitude, in, in the good and the bad, we get confused. Let me tell you about a little discussion between a lady and two women who were discussing. They, they'd been college friends on campus, and they met back in an alumni gathering, and the conversation went just like this. Well, I got married since we've met last. The reply was, well, that's good. 
Well, I don't know about that or not. My husband's twice as old as I am. Well, now that's bad. Well, I don't know about that either because he's worth a hundred million dollars. Well, now, now that's good. Well, no, because he won't give me a red cent. Now that's bad. Well, I don't know about that either. He built me a house, a five million dollar house paid for. Well, that's good. She said, well, I would say that, but it burnt down last week. Mm, now that's bad. He said, well, I don't know about that either because he was in the house. And she said, well, and that's sometimes we don't know whether we're looking at something good or we're looking at something bad. But it don't matter because in every circumstance, in every situation, you and I are to be grateful. We're to have a, a, a heart of gratitude. You see, gratitude is not an option. It's an obligation. You know, Paul said, and he's the one that wrote to be thankful, but yet he was left half for dead, beat up, and at the end, his head cut off for preaching Jesus. But he said, in everything, be thankful. All your circumstances. One little boy came up to a lady and she gave him a piece of pie, and he looked at the woman and said, Thank you, ma'am. She, she looked at him. She said, Now, that is so neat. I am so glad that you as a little boy thank me. She said, He said, Well, if you put a little ice cream on top of that pie, I'll thank you again. <laughs> Let me tell you something about kids and thankfulness. If you expect your kid on their own to learn to be thankful, you're a dummy parent. They're not. By nature, nobody in here is thankful. The human nature. You see, we're not born jumping out of the womb and running around thanking everybody all the time. I was taught by my dad to say thank you. I was taught by my mama, son, what do you say? Well, I learned real quick, I better say thank you, whether I was thankful or not. You see, being thankful, being grateful is not a part of our nature. Part of our nature is being sinful. We've learned how to disobey. You do not, listen to me, you do not have to teach a child to disobey you. You never have, have you? As a matter of fact, you spend most of your time time trying, trying, trying to straighten out that mess. Trying to figure out in a, in a day where it seems like nobody wants to spank anybody because it's going to psychologically destroy them. Or physically, they'll call defects on you because you made a mark. You know, I never intended when I disciplined my kids to make a mark on my kids, but I told them to be still too. Have you ever tried to hit a, a moving target? Well, that's when the marks would be all up and down, you know. And if they went, I, I just prayed, oh, God, I hope they don't raise their shirt up at school. Because I'm, go I'm going to court. And it, and it wasn't my fault. I told them to stand still. But you and I, when we got saved and, we, and Jesus came in, we were given a new nature 
the Bible in John 3 says we were born from above. We were born again. And we received the, a new life, an eternal life. Therefore, we can be grateful because it's God being grateful in us. We need to agree with that. Are you grateful for the air you breathe? Are you? Some of you don't even think about it. Are you grateful for to see a sunset? Are you grateful to hear the birds sing? Some of you said, I wish I could. I'm deaf. Are you grateful to be able to smell a rose? You see... We need to thank God we're not paying taxes on sunlight. Do you realize if we had to pay taxes on rainfall, we'd all be broke due to last week. But you don't have to pay one penny for that. It's provided. It's a benefit. It's what God gives you as a blessing. How good it is that God above has never gone on strike because he was not treated fair in the things that he didn't like. If only once he'd given up and said, that's it, I'm through. I've had enough of those on earth, so this is what I'm going to do. I'll give my orders to the sun, turn off the heat supply, and to the moon, give no more light, and run the oceans dry. Then just to make things really tough and put the pressure on, I'm going to turn off the vital oxygen till all our breath is gone. Hmm. Are you thankful for that? Simple things. You're not paying taxes on the moon. You're not paying taxes on the sun. You're not paying taxes on oxygen. None of that. All of God's favor and his grace upon us as he supplies these things is everything that he gives is free. Free. Man say they want a better deal. And so they go on strike. Or on strike they go. But what a deal we're given to God to whom all things that we owe. We don't care whom we hurt to gain the things we like, but what a mess it'd be if God should go on strike. What if he went on strike? Mm. I know some of you in here. You're guilty of grumbling. Well, I'll tell you right now, I think America's sinking. I'm tired of going to work. I'm tired of the traffic that I have to drive in. I'm tired of paying taxes. And on you go. Workers' comp's too high. How can a man make a living today? Well, you're doing it. Did you know, and Jack can probably verify this, he just got back from Germany. In Russia, now these might be old figures, but in, Ru- in Russia, a man has to work one hour to earn one loaf of bread. In America, he works only six minutes for a loaf of bread. 
For a quart of milk, the average Russian works one hour and 11 minutes. An American works nine minutes. For a suit of clothes, the Russian must work 583 hours. The American works 38 hours. A plain cotton dress for a woman, a Russian works 225 hours. An American works four hours. I hope you kind of get the picture because... With your grumbling and not gratitude, you still got it better than most of the places on this God-created earth. We ought to be thankful. Now, I know. Because I go through this now. I go through it different if you've lost a spouse. But I've lost my mom and dad. Now, when I say I lost them, I know where they're at. But they ain't here with me. She ain't cooking my Thanksgiving turkey, kids, that you get to go enjoy. I don't get that anymore. So why don't you have your wife do it? Because she don't want to. So all of those times, all those years, listen to me, when I'd have to get up and go to my mama's house, I was grumbling under my breath. Then I had to go, I went to Cindy's, I better watch what I'm saying, she's here. I had to go to her house, and and I'm grumbling. I I just wished I could stay home. You know what I do now? (laughs) If I know or knew what I know now, I'd have never grumbled about any of that. Because I didn't know what a blessing it was until I lost it. Look, I'm telling you, Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's tough for people that have lost loved ones. It's not easy. The day before Thanksgiving for an elderly man who's having a very difficult time with this. He got to thinking about it and he finally, he said, Give me the phone. So he called his oldest daughter, and he said, I want you to give me the number. So I done forgot it. So he called it, and he said, I just, she answered, and said, or, or the son answered, I'm sorry. And the son was in New York, and he said, son, I want to tell you something. I'm gonna, I hate it, but I got to ruin your day. What do you mean, Dad? Well, your mother and I, after 45 years, are divorcing. I can't stand it any longer. I'm so miserable. I'm just telling you right now. I'm, we're sick of each other. And so I want you to call your sister in Chicago and you tell her that we've had it. We're getting a divorce. So, he, man, he got off the phone immediately. He called her. And she exploded on the phone and she said, like, heck, they're getting a divorce. She shouted, I'll take care of this. So she called from Phoenix, and immediately she said to her father, I want you to listen to me, and don't you say one word. You are not getting a divorce. Do, you don't do a single thing till I get there. I'm calling my brother back, and we both will be there tomorrow. Until then, don't you do one thing. Do you hear me? And she hung up. He rolled over and said, honey, 
The kids are coming for Thanksgiving tomorrow. And believe it or not, they're paying for their own flights. Now, it's, it's cool to be able to laugh during a holiday, but there's times, I'll be honest, I ain't laughing because I get to miss it, my mama. Do you know that you don't really know the effect that death has on a small child until it comes out, and I promise you when it will, it'll come out in the most unexpected and, and, and the weirdest way. I got to tell this in on McLean. Thursday, I went to eat Thanksgiving dinner with my kids, grandkids, kids. And when we got there, McLean was having a meltdown. He'd been crying all day. And he wrote on his arm, was it, I love granny or something like that, all over. And that's Ed's wife, Miss Betty. She just passed away. You see, you really don't know the effects that it has. And sometimes it may take a little while for it to come out on the kids. But let me tell you something, my friend. Mine comes out with my mom all the time. And it doesn't take Thanksgiving, and it doesn't take Christmas. Sometimes it just takes a morning that's on my mind. I, I, I wrote this down, and, and I read the Proverbs, try to, one every day, and I've been doing it for years. And I got one chapter that I wrote July the 11th, 2014 on. I'll tell you why I wrote that, because I never want to forget. Forget what? That was the day that my mama passed away. You see, I'm grateful now that I had her for 80-plus years. Are you grateful for your mama? Now, I'm going to tell you something now. My mama put me through a ringer. I, I, she was no bookkeeper. And, and I, I, that's all I'm going to say. But I did things, said things, and on her behalf to creditors, and I, I got $125,000 off of her back in debt for about $15,000. But I lost my lungs, do, my, my throat doing it, fussing at all the creditors for even letting her have that kind of money. She didn't make that kind of money. My mama was, she was a sweet lady, but dear God, I wanted to whoop her when she died. Now I just want to love her. I just like to see her. I want to talk to her. A young woman wrote her mother from college, dear mom, sorry I haven't written any sooner. My arm is broken and my left leg is broken as well. I broke them because in the dorm I had to jump out of the second floor window because the dorm was on fire. She said, but mom, I'm okay. I'm in the hospital. And, and in the process, a young service station attendant saw the blaze in the fire department and came to my aid and helped me. As a result of that, mama, we developed a relationship and, and the dorms are not done yet. And I'm out of the hospital. And so I decided just to move in with him. He said it was okay. But mama, unexpectedly, you're going to have a grandchild. 
Now, don't worry. Paul and I are going to get married when he gets his divorce. I promise you, as soon as all that gets worked out, we're going to get married. He said, she said, Mom, I hope things are okay at the house. I'm doing fine, and I'll write more when I get the chance. Love your daughter, Susie. P.S. Mama, none of the above was true. I, didn't get, I did get a C in sociology, and I flunked chemistry, and I just want you to receive this news with a proper perspective. Now, the sad thing about it here today for some of you is that you know what divorce is like. You know what death is like. You even know what it's like to have a troubled deal where that story might be true. Things right now are tough for you. Just going through some rough times right now. Now listen. Paul said, and I'm going to go back to it. I don't know whether you're facing the good of life right now or the bad. But he said, in every circumstance, whether good or bad, give thanks. Be thankful in your heart. Don't grumble. Don't gripe. Does any, has anybody ever read how long it really will, should have taken the children of Israel to come out of Egypt and go to the promised land? How many days should it have taken? Anybody know? Huh? Pretty close to what I've heard. Anybody else got another number? Actually, I was told 11. 11 days. Do you know why the Bible says about that? It says that they grumbled and complained and murmured for 40 years. And as a result of that, you know what God said? None of you that have complained and grumbled are going into the promised land. Nobody. There were two, Joshua and Caleb, who did go in, but they didn't grumble. They didn't complain. They were grateful. Now listen, life has a way of throwing some pretty tough stuff at us, but sometimes it's our own fault. Amen? But then sometimes it's some unexpected curveballs. You know what I'm talking about? I've talked about a couple of them right there in those illustrations. But understand this. In Philippians 2.14, Paul says, Do everything without complaining, arguing, and grumbling. It's, it's easy to do that. It's easy to get caught up in that. A lady woke up one morning, and her husband was kind of a, a difficult man to please. And so uh, she said, honey, went in real sweet, honey, what you want for breakfast? I want two eggs and my favorite coffee. One egg scrambled, one egg fried. So she ran out of the house, went to the store, got his favorite coffee, dropped by the egg farm, got a couple of eggs, which that sounds crazy, but anyway, got the cu- couple of eggs, 
went home, got his slippers ready, got him a tray. She was fixing to bless his heart. She walks upside, uh, upstairs, the meal prepared precisely the way he wanted it. Gave him the slippers. Said, honey, here it is, sweetie pie. She looked at the husband and said, well, what you think about this? You're eating bre- breakfast in bed. What you think, honey? Have I done good? She, he looked at her and she said, big old frown come over his face. And she said, what's wrong? He said, you scrambled the wrong egg. Now, I'm going to tell you, some of you are just like that. Ain't no way to please you because you unpleasable. you just that grumpy. You're that grumbling of a person. Ladies and gentlemen, Joseph served God until he died, and he spent most of that time in prison, and he didn't do one thing wrong. You can go back, baby, look and check it out. David did some things wrong, but you know what happened to him? Not only did the baby die that they had, but one of his sons raped another person, and one of his sons hung himself. You go on to Paul. Ultimately, as I said earlier, Paul served Jesus But every time he turned around, man, he was coming under persecution. He was put in prison just for his witness now. And ultimately, they hung him because, or or cut his head off because he preached Jesus. Has anybody in here ever been bruised physically because you told somebody about Jesus? Anybody? Isn't that amazing? And yet, I guarantee you, when you leave here, And you get home, your attitude is, you scrambled the wrong egg. Come on. You need to get your heart right. You need to realize that what you have around you is such a blessing. And you need to thank God for it. Amen? My kids don't think I recognize them anymore since I've had grandkids. And that's probably true. Because it seems like all I see is them. But I love my boys. But I love my grandkids too. And you do too, right? As mean as they are your grandkids because you don't see them you don't see all that stuff only the parents see it why can't we have that same kind of love for one another we're so critical we're so judgmental now I'm not saying when people are doing wrong that you shouldn't call it out and call it wrong I'm all for that I got people mad at me because today because I do that. But I still love them. I still care about them. 
and so does Jesus. Amen? So I pray during this Thanksgiving season that you always be thankful, no matter what. Would you?